Going Greyhounds for your daily update of the latest news and tips. Good morning and welcome to Going Greyhounds, 10.43am. Mark Holmes with you and great to be with you. We've got a really good show once again coming up. Straight into it, of course, the Chief Minister's Cup will start with. The final was on Sunday, but unfortunately marred due to a fall and a runner going back in the field. But nevertheless, we look ahead to this Sunday, Darwin Cup heats. Uh, Warrigal last Friday, three heats of the Group 3 Warrigal Saint Legend, two heats of the Simon Vince Memorial heats. Aston Fastnet was very, very quick in the ledger heat, going 25-39, best of the three heats. In New South Wales on Tuesday, starting off with... Last week, Gosford, Black Firebrand, My Redeemer, Tick Away Fire with Best of Night, 29.59, over 515 metres. And at Richmond, Andrew Bell picked up a double. On to Wednesday, Bulleye, David Smith trained a double with mixed fortunes. Ice Cream Story was super in a 515-metre Best of Night performance, going 28.48. Calamity Ethics, his other winner, Outlaw Ethics, Super Estrella and Five Second Rule, also placed for the Eldersley trainer. Also on Wednesday night, Million Dollar Chase winner Handsome Prince returned to the top podium of the day when winning over 400 metres in 22.13. Good to see the champ back winning. Ebby Infrared started favourite before winning in 26.13 over the 4.72 in the free-for-all. And at Richmond also on Wednesday, Hamlin Terrace preparer Nolene Holloway sent three runners out at the Hawkesbury circuit and went home with three firsts. Well done to Nolene. Also at Warhope there on Thursday, Robert Stone trained Cosmic Bell and Clanders Miss for a double, while our very own Kat Ernst and her fiancé, Joe McFadden, took her Belmont Bell babies, Belmont Bow and Belmont Duchess, to the track and both broke maiden status in consecutive races there at Warhope. Thursday night at Dapto Kembla Conditioner, Ruth King picked up a treble. The first of her winners was the well-bred Lochinvar loner, Fernando Balprecious Sal, she was a flyer up the Capalabar Strait uh, before Margie B won the maiden final the next and Wicked Spartan toyed with rivals. While Drink Longnecks for Michelle Sultana was the sole 500 metre runner for the night to break 30, going 29.92. Friday at the Gardens, another well-bred commodity in the form of She's Shrewd. Bombastic Shiraz never duplicated making her a niece to respective multiple group winners in Aston Cometo and often imitated. But Jason McKay won for the first time of asking, winning the opener in 29.83. Richmond Friday night. Finns and Hallinans took home a treble, as did young trainer Ricky Brewer. Saturday morning at Richmond up the straight, here comes Joe when one 100th outside of his and Cool Chevy Magic's track record going 17.36. Uh, just one 100th of that 17.35 record. And at the Garden Saturday, Jason McCade, more winners with a double impress shades, tackling the 600 for the first time with ease. While Zipping Garth notched up another winner with Zipping Heat taking his record to three wins from four starts. Dubbo was a cracking night of racing on Saturday. A brilliant evening saw some stars go around. David Pringle picked up an early double. Dennis Barnes with a double also. Jack Smith trained a treble, including Miss Esme breaking another 600-metre track record after equaling Rajasthan's 618-metre record at Bathurst Monday week ago. Casual glance clocked the fastest 516 metres, going 29.41, taking advantage of Jungle Juice and Music event, Finding Early Bother. We'll chat to Michael Lill, one half of the Special Source Lodge training combination. And at Bulleye Saturday, Super Estrella bounced back after Wednesday night defeat. 
to go one one hundredth outside of Segovia's thirty two ninety nine track record from nearly five years ago. Calamity Ethics also for D Smith made it two wins in a week just like Gabby Infrared did a couple of races prior when winning after being unwanted late in betting. And just quickly yesterday, Maitland zipping Maserati was clearly the standout of the night, returning to the scene of his only defeat to date, but putting that to rest by going quicker than the fast class dogs at twenty four ninety two. Let's get stuck into going greyhounds after this. The Missile Stakes 2019. 200 to go and Bowman starts to shake the reins at Elise with a healthy two-length lead on Invincible Gem going into a clear second. He's being pretty kind to Elise in the Missile with Invincible Gem making a late rally late. Elise's going to win it by a neck. The Missile Stakes 2020. Eduardo in front of the 200. Imaging back to the rail. Flit Glenall and then followed Melody Bell. 100 to go. Eduardo just in front. The run closed on Imaging. Flit coming again. Eduardo's digging in. Rewilla throws everything at him and he gets home. One more time. The Missile Stakes 2021, this Saturday. My Race Horse has landed. Own Elite Horses, trained by some of Australia's top trainers at an affordable price. At My Race Horse, all you need is a one off payment. That means no ongoing training fees, with micro shares available from as low as $100 across a range of horses. Download the app or visit myracehorse.com to get involved today. My Race Horse, Elite Racing, Affordable Ownership. Refer to the relevant PDS before investing. Terms and conditions at myracehorse.com. On Sky Sports Radio, let's get back to going greyhounds. Racing, Jungle Juice was third to go. Casual Glance showing great wheels. And Casual Glance, oh, the Fave got into trouble there. Jungle Juice, it's back at the tail with Bonnie Keeping, Squiggle Keeping and Billy Creek. Left a minute in front is Casual Glance. Gee, it'll be hard to run down from there. Snooze McGraw holding second. Then Memphis Keeping there, followed by Jungle Juice getting going. Bonnie Keeping, well back was Billy Creek, but around the corner. And Casual Glance got all the breaks. Real good go for second. Memphis will get up and grab the Cornella just in advance of Jungle Juice. He made up some. Fourth in was... Your performance by Casual Glance winning there on Saturday going best of night. 29.41 at Dubbo over the 5.16 metres. Four-time group enlisted finalist Mick Lill. Not quite the trainer. We'll give Michelle all the plaudits there. Mick, good morning to you. G'day buddy, how you going? Very well. Good to have you on again. It's been a little while between drinks. When did we have you on last? About three months ago? Two, three months ago? Yeah, it'd be something like that, buddy, yeah. yeah, a couple of months ago. Keeping well since then? Yeah, all good, buddy, yep. Yeah, just flat out with the dogs, mate, and work and whatnot, yeah. Now, casual glance, do you think he's capable of picking up one of those big feature races? As I mentioned, four times, group enlisted finalist. Has he got one in him? Oh, no doubt, mate, yeah. I remember saying to you three months ago, I said that, the, you know, if I, if I show some patience for these dogs early on, you know, the... Um, the boys will be, um, you know, at their best sort of once they hit three years old. It was it was very tempting to push them uh, a lot harder as young dogs, but I just knew that they just needed time. They were a little bit slow to mature. Mm. Um, and if I showed patience, the boys would, would uh, repay us in spades, and they're definitely getting stronger and they're getting faster, that's for sure. I bet there would have been a part of you on Saturday night that thought, gee, I wish uh, Jungle Juice and Music Event had got clear air to make it a real battle, and... You know, try to beat those dogs on merit. Hundred percent, but yeah, I, this might sound silly, but I don't think they would have picked him up anyway. I think okay. Jungle Juice is—he's trolled the record there. 
Mm. Um, but it's different under... He's a freak, the dog, and, and he's in amazing hands with Jack Smith. He's a freak, Jack. But I don't think they would have picked him up. They would have had to break the record to boot him. You know, he's run... But he go? 4.31 early. And he's run 14.85, breaking the second section down the back. It would have... T- to, to go past the dog that's running twenty nine four up front, he got to break the record to beat him. So I'd imagine even with clear run, they probably wouldn't have wouldn't have beat him that night. He was he was cherry ripe, mate. He um, yeah, a fortnight ago there uh, when he won at Dubbo, when he went twenty nine seven, he was a bit underdone because uh, coming out of the Grafton Cup, mm. he didn't actually go behind a lure for well, was 11, 11 or twelve days. I just worked him at home, so uh, in between uh, that that run when he won at Dubbo twenty nine seven, and then this week. Um, I had the the benefit of giving him a nice hit out up Redhead, and he just he burnt the grass up there, and then he had some solid work at home on the Wednesday. And come Saturday morning, he was in that kind of fettle. I sort of got him out Saturday morning. He tried to drag me towards the long yard so he could run. You know, I just thought, yeah, oh, we're on tonight. You know, he's he's ready to go. And he showed that. Uh, what about uh, more sauce beaten last night at Maitland, uh, beaten by Finafuiaki? To your eye, what happened there? Oh, mate, you know, like. He, he he can be vulnerable in a small. I prefer him in a in a full eight dog field. Like people get excited when you know you got vacant boxes inside or out or whatever. Or you know, there's only four, five, six runners. But he's better in a full field. More so, okay. you wait until he gets around two turns. He'll um he's going to surprise a few people when he gets around two turns. He's only had the one uh, the one run at two turns when I took him out for the Dubbo Cup and I took him out. There was a Sunday morning. I think he trolled at eight o'clock in the morning at his first ever five hundred. I'll give him a post to post a week before, but he went twenty nine and a half, you know, on a Sunday morning at minus two degrees. So he, mm. don't worry, when he gets around two turns, he's he's an absolute rocket ship, that dog. Yeah, um, last night he can be you know, when you get run down running twenty nine uh sorry, twenty four ninety four he went. If you get beat running that, well, yeah, you just get beat on your on your merits, you know. They're not um they're not machines, you know, and he's only got beat ahead, and he's a very good dog when he gets clear running. That's into Iagi in good hands with James Porter and Cherie. Mm. So, yeah, mate, I was stoked with the run, and he's pulled okay. up all right. Good, good news. Um, how's Michelle and your young bloke? They're keeping you on the straight and narrow. Yeah, mate, yeah. Well, I'm actually off today. I um, I got uh, the boss give me today off. I've got an excavator coming <laughs> to uh, do some work on the back of the new kennel block there. We've just got some pier holes to dig and... Um, for the uh, new timber deck and ramp going off the back of the new kennel block there. So wife, he's at work and the young bugs at school. So I've just been bathing dogs, mate, machining dogs, and, yeah, just all the stuff, you know. But, Beautiful. Yeah, I wish How's I didn't it? have to go to work. I'd be happy to stay home on the farm. Don't worry. <laughs> I can imagine. How's the new kenneling block coming along at Special Source Lodge? Yeah, good, mate. Yeah, slabs all down, sheds all up. We're just waiting on the roller doors to come now. Um, electricians have been in to give us the quote. There's a lot of uh, electrical work to go on. Um, uh, the back deck, they've got a bit massive big back, uh, black butt timber deck goes off the back and a big ramp. Uh, the holes are getting, like I said, the holes are getting all good today. I think the ramp, the back deck and ramp starts on the 12th of August. Electrician will be in on the 15th and the plumber comes in and then got the carpenters turning up to knock up the kitchen, the medical room, and there's, you know, an 18 metre long swimming pool goes down the side. That starts at stage two. That starts uh, first week of September. Uh, then there's a fan room as well off the front. Um, you know, after dogs coming out of the pool, they go through the fan room and get blown dry and then oh, yeah. back into the kennel. So, yeah, she's going to be Jeez. pretty gnarly set up, mate. I'll probably what? spend more time down there than I will inside, to be honest. <laughs> We're excited to get out there and hopefully get a feature of the uh, finished product. Um, now, Mick, 
I've been speaking to you a fair bit off air. Tell us more about your background because our listeners might be surprised to learn of your experience, not only in greyhound racing, but in thoroughbred racing. Yeah, well, the love of the thoroughbred industry and the greyhounds, well, that's been instilled in me since I was a kid. I think my old man had a couple of happy snaps off me when I was a young bloke. I think I was the form guy in my back pocket <laughs> when I was, you know, two, three, four year old. But uh, I left school halfway through year nine. I was actually going all right at school until it went co-ed. I went downhill from there. <laughs> and, uh, um, yeah, and I, I think my first job was with Paul Perry when I was 14. Yeah, right. Um, 14 and a half or 15. And then uh, I went down to Brian Guy's when I was 17 down at Rose Hill. Mark around with some handy horses there. And um, yeah, I went to Jack Denham's. I was, I was four years down with Lee Freeman, Caulfield there. Um, yeah, learnt me trade through them, them guys. He's an absolute genius, Lee. Still... I've worked with Johnny Hawks for three or four years as well, and with some great trainers and Lee Friedman. He stands, wow. you know, above him for me. Yeah. He's a he's a freak. Yeah, I learned so much off him, and I, I, a lot of the things I do with my dogs nowadays is stuff that I've learned through the thoroughbred industry. You know, with you know blood work, and you know always pulling bloods and and um, you know watching the dogs. Like you're always watching the horses when they'll walk and or work, and then you know, I study my dogs when they're walking or even emptying out or anything. You know. Yeah, yeah, of um, course. What yeah. about what about what about some of the horses you dealt with and the horses that you've come across? Oh, I was, you know, lucky enough. To, you know, Green Allard used to look after Lonro, but I got to get to lay my eyes on Lonro every uh, every day with the horse. He's there, and and I used to get to walk Might and Power and UPI home 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 together. Uh, you know, after they'd worked in the morning, yeah, I never right. looked after him, but I got to walk him home. And and uh, actually, the first day I worked for Jack Denham, um, I remember him saying to me, he used to call everyone boy, the great old legend Jack Denham, and he used to say, boy, he said, go and get number seven, put it on the walking machine. So I went and got number seven, I opened up the door, and I just remember the straw was about a metre high, I remember it like it was yesterday, and, and I grabbed this big horse, and he was staring at this big horse, and Jesus, and I it's awesome, and I started grabbing him by this little short two-foot piece of chain, he was tied up, and walked him to the walking machine, and then I walked past Jack, and he goes, you know who you got there, boy? And then it dawned on me, then it was might and power, and I bloody... Uh, yeah, I went to water, mate. The, the knees started trembling the first day there and put him on the wall. But, yeah, some of the great horses. Oh, I've got to muck around with Norbley a little bit when he came to Hawkey. Yeah, okay. Uh, when he came for the BMW, when he had that two-horse war with um, Freemason, mm. Um, mm. he was in. He was put in one of my boxes and I got to muck his box out and, yeah, and, and brush his mane and tail. But, yeah, some of the champions and, I was lucky enough to lay my hands on. Yeah. And, me, and me, you're just a flat-out animal lover by the sounds of things. Hundred percent. That's why I'm married to Michelle. <laughs> well, uh, we'll try to clear the tape of that so she never hears that. No, um, <laughs> I, I I feel like um yeah, like I've said to you, we'll have to put a set of memoirs together, um and probably chat more over a beer, mate. But uh, great to hear from you, and we'll be following the Source Dogs quite intently over the next little while. Thanks for coming on. Okay, can I just give me uh, charity a little plug, please, Mark? Yeah. Oh, of course. Yes, Mick. Please. Yeah, no dramas. Um, the boys, uh, we're doing a um, a posty bike uh, charity ride. It's for a variety club, raise money for kids' cancer and disadvantaged kids. And it's on in November, so we had to go. And I went and bought me. My brother started it. I'm pretty sure, like his group anyway. There's about 200 riders, and this year it goes from Mudgy to Yass. It's six days on the posty bike, and we raise money for a variety club, kids' cancer, disadvantaged kids, kids with special needs. Yep. And it, I think there's about 200 riders all up. And it cost each rider two thousand dollars to to do the ride. So we'll pay for each of us. We'll pay our two thousand dollars for the charity. But we're chasing a couple of sponsors 
um, hopefully they can um, uh, throw something in and we could maybe, that sponsor, we could put their logo on the back of our um, our jackets. Our little yep. group's called the Animals. There's nine of us, nine or ten of us. And uh, we've got uh, denim jackets and we've got the Animals logo on the back and we're hopefully going to chase up a couple of sponsors that it doesn't go to the Animals, it goes straight to Variety Club. Yep. Um, so the children's charity. Like, yes, that's right. And it's a fantastic charity and just want to try and give back it a little bit, you know, because the, um, these kids, they, uh, the work that the Variety Club does is amazing. And, and this charity, right, it could, it could raise, you know, 200 riders 2,000 ago and if we get a few sponsors on board, you know, we could be looking at five yep. or 600,000 for Variety Club. So if any, any, any sponsors out there would be, um, be keen to, uh, even, you know, even a, you know, 500 bucks or 100 bucks, 2,000, we've never actually had a, a sponsor for more than, Two thousand, I do believe. So, if there's a, a sponsor out there that could beat that two thousand, that'd be unbelievable. We could probably do a little bit of promoting of your business yep. on the way. And I was about to say, let me tell you, you'll get your full money's worth with uh, Mick uh, as your spokesperson. But for a wonderful cause, the Variety Posty Bike Dash. I'll get some more details off you, Mick, and I'll throw it on social media. DS Dave Stanley's got a much much bigger following than what I do, so we'll get him to throw it up too, mate. Thank you very very much, Mark. Uh, Mick Lill joining us here on Going Greyhounds. Always good to chat to him. Another special guest on the other side of this short break, Chris Nutt. On Sky Sports Radio, your racing leader, today's scratchings. On Sky Sports Radio, the traffic report. New South Wales, at Optus you can get 20% off the $55 month-to-month SIM plan over 12 months. Ends August 22nd, T's and C's apply. Visit Optus online today. Kasula, southbound Campbelltown Road, Hume Highway, a two-car accident. Brooklyn, we've got a two-car accident southbound. The M1, just past the Hawksby River Bridge. At Rosedale, we've got these ongoing roadworks, westbound Victoria Road, just prior to the Iron Cove Bridge, right-hand lane closed. Here's a great tax tip. Working from home can bring great tax benefits for a contact-free and instant tax refund visit taxtips.com.au now conditions and charges apply i'm silvio on sky sports radio on sky sports radio let's get back to going greyhounds they're racing now and Nasaram slow down on the inside glittering vivid bounced out fast collison showing speed and using the rail collison went through now and led from glittering vivid Third loving the cash, and Nasaram's got to the outside, is starting to make ground four off the leader. They've followed Pat Foot, Charlie, Cyclone, Ruvis, and Mia Marvel off the back straight. It's Cottison three quarters on Glittering Vivid, who certainly won't go away. They're three lengths in front of Asaram. They turn, it's Cottison from Glittering Vivid. Cottison holds on, wins at a length on Glittering Vivid. Asaram third, fourth, loving the cash from Collison trained by Sean Evans, owned by Sean Evans, and our next guest, Chris Nutt. Good morning to you, mate. Thanks for coming on Going Greyhounds. We've been meaning to get you on for a little while now. Too easy. Uh, Chris, now, firstly, tell me how you got into greyhound racing. Um, probably through Sean, Sean Evans and the Evans family. Um, um, I, used to, I went to school with um, Sean's brother, Brad, and uh, we were in the same year. And, um, yeah, spent time over at the Evans's and um, laid my eyes on the greyhounds and, Sean's the blank. <laughs> now, to make the connection here, um, one of the main reasons to go on, you, you're obviously in Collison, as we mentioned, but you also have uh, the rock star dogs. You bred those dogs. Now, uh, named after Tab and Sky Media personalities, how did the prefix come about? What was the motivation behind naming a couple of litters after a few of us here at Tab and Sky? Um, it was just... Uh, I 
Oh, we've all, sort of always wanted a prefix. Um, you know, people that name their or had who have greyhounds and name them. It's a pretty cool process to go through. You know, like you spend a lot of hours thinking up names, and we just thought um, yeah, with the rock stars, we were throwing out a few other ones, and yeah, just rock stars stuck. It yep. seemed to be a pretty cruisy name, and if you, you know, we always say dogs make names, but um, you know, if you can get a nice name and it, it sounds pretty good, and it's pretty easy to follow with the Rockstar dog. So um, yeah, we, that's the way we got it, and with just naming, sometimes we get stuck to name name a litter, and we just might go with a, a um, you know, we'll just name them after the Sky Panel, or we the last litter we did was through. We, WWE fans, Sean and I. So we had, you know, Austin is after Stone Cold Austin yeah. leader and all that. So yeah, not much thought goes into it, but um, yeah, it's sort of uh, it's an easy way to to name the dogs if you've got a prefix too. So. It's a very quick way to slow them down too, though, Chris. <laughs> yeah, when you got a rock yeah. star Stanley or a rock yeah. star Olmus. Yeah, and some if we don't like someone, we we name them the slow dog. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I got the aphorism uh, love affair litter, didn't I? Um, yeah. No, no, it's uh, it's always a it always brings about a smile on our faces for sure, and we always have a laugh on social media about it. A um, couple of a couple of pundits on Twitter saying uh, can't see him in the the million dollar chase uh, market, Rockstar almost, and for very good reason. Now, where did the um, you obviously mentioned you went to school with Sean's brother Brad. But um, when did the love, I guess, come for you of the greyhound and of the industry? Um, February of 1995. Here we I go. Know the date. I know the date so well. That's when I got my first dog. Yep. Um, I bought the two I got off Sean. Um, I, Sean had, obviously, I'd spent time at um, Brad, uh, at the Evans years before that, and they always mm. had the dogs there. Um, I, I was sort of the same as your last girl. I've lived on a, a farm all of my life. We've always been on acres, milk cows, you know, had chooks, ducks, you know, that we've had it, and um, just an animal lover as well. And, um, yeah, once mm. I saw the dog, I got the, the greyhounds, I got the, the bug straight away, and, um, yeah, that's sort of, yeah, February 95, I got bought two bitches off, off Sean, and um, it went on from there. Yeah, amazing, amazing how it happens, especially uh, a lot of a lot of people want to talk about animals that don't really know too much about animals, but when you do get near to them, gee, yep. it's almost a life-altering experience. What about Collison, the greyhound uh, replay we played at the top, paying homage to a, an absolute legend of our industry in Jeff. Uh, do you have high hopes for him? Um, look, he's he's once he once we're getting to the track hundred percent, you know, he he can run. He's a fairly strong dog. Um, he's just had a few little niggles, okay. you know, little back strains, and just little things. You n- nothing major, but you know, you get him right, and then something else happens, and it's just sort of a bit time consuming. But um, no, he's a he's a bit of a, a bit of a plugger, a bit of a one pace dog, but. Um, out of Star Tirana, his brother also Rockstar Newbold. He when he he won well at Dapto once, and his run home time was real, real good. And um, yeah, I'd like to think that maybe you know they're strong five hundred metre dogs, and maybe hopefully get a bit, a little bit further as they get a bit older. No, it's just wonderful to see that name being. Oh yeah, know. Rockstar Pidge. Oh, sorry, we're going to call him Rockstar Pidge, but uh, we weren't sure if anyone you know because we speak to Jeff all the time at Wanny, and right. um, we said we're going to name a dog, and we thought we're Rockstar Pidge, but then. Um, we also like to call dogs just one word names, and yeah, Collison just sort of we thought that was a pretty pretty good name. So um, yeah, hopefully he can go on to be as good as, as Jeff as a, as a good good a nice bloke. Same same sort of thing as being a good dog, but um, time will right. tell. But uh, no, he's a good bloke. Too right. Uh, as a heavily invested participant, what improvements 
would you like to see be made to our industry? Um, oh, how much time you got? No, um, no, I don't know. Grading, um, you yep. know, I suppose. I, I, I suppose the major thing would be staying dogs. Sean and I, you know, we've sent a lot of our dogs to Melbourne, and you know, we only send the. We've had Rockstar Boo, Rockstar Prince. Good five, six, seven hundred metre dogs. There's just no racing up here. I mean, there is racing, but you win one or two in town, you're outgraded. You know, you, you know, you can't travel anymore nowadays. <laughs> Obviously, you can't, we can't go to Newcastle and stuff like that. But um, yeah, we just a bit of a focus on on strong dogs too. You know, like it's sort of um, staying dogs are good dogs to have. But um, yeah, the only reason we send them to Melbourne or Perth or wherever is just, you know, they've got good money down there. They race week in, week out, and the tracks are suited to staying dogs. They've got 600-metre city racing. That would be a, a blessing at Wanny, having 600, but obviously that's never going to happen. But, um, yeah, 600 and 700-metre focus on them, yeah. them sort of dogs, keeping the good staying dogs in, in Sydney. Yeah, okay. Uh, what about your favourite race dog, Chris, ever? Oh, everyone. I'm, I'm biased. It's Barsha Bale. Right. <laughs> yeah, I was fortunate enough to... Break the dog in and did a lot of handling with him and yeah, um, yeah. When you've had, you know, we've had lucky to have good dogs, but yeah, when you handle a, you know, a dog like Barsha or a dog like Fernando or a dog like Zipping Garth, you sort of have that, you know, that feeling when you're feeling the dogs just have a presence and yep. yeah, he was just a, a mighty fast dog. Yeah, amazing, amazing, Chris. Great to have you on. It's um, been long overdue, and I'm sure we'll do it again soon. And hopefully, Collison can continue to step up. Thanks for coming on. No, anytime. Thank you. Chris Nutt there joining us, uh, major owner breeder. And uh, as you heard there, Jake, I'd, I'd love to chat to him more about uh, breaking in Barsha Bale. Uh, there'd be some stories there, that's for sure. We now will head to our next guest. Chupwell Super Estrada. She'll go through and she'll scoot away and lead by five into the back. And she opens right up quickly on Funday Friday. Their photo tap out sniper. Sound of silence as well back the rail. Then look fancy Nancy and all about Mia. But off the back straight and Super Estrada. She is in full flight. And she came to the turn and led it by eight links at the very least. Funday Friday. Sound of silence to the outside and then tap out sniper. But it's all Super Estrada bouncing back in emphatic fashion. She won it easily. Super Estrada over Funday Friday and Sound of Silence. Then came Tap Out Sniper. Look fancy. Yes, a nice performance there by Super Estrella, Matt Jackson. Look, Matt, with all due respect, not as special of a guest as our uh, first two, Mick Lill and Chris Nutt, but great to have you aboard nevertheless. Rocker like behaviour there from Super Estrella on Saturday night. Our league Greyhound caller is joining us. And I just want to get you on, Matt, from time to time to find out what caught your eye from behind the 10 by 50s. Good morning to you. Yeah, good morning to you, Mark. Uh, I'm not too concerned about being the, the third stringer on today's <laughs> program. Your, your first two guests have got me well and truly covered. Uh, now, Super Estrella was obviously one of those highlight performances from the meetings that you called uh, throughout last week. We'll, we'll start there. Um, gee, she was very, very sharp. That was um, a very, very nice performance going really, really quick. Um I think that was the that was the performance one one hundredth outside the track record. It was, yep, yep. She absolutely flew there on Saturday night. She was in terrific form. Her her two starts before Saturday, she had just been a touch slow to begin, and and because of that, she ended up in some trouble and and wasn't able to really finish it off. But with the small fear, uh, main danger drawn off the track, 
she just had that perfect run down on the inside. And, and once she went through and, and led, the acceleration she had down the back straight was, was quite extraordinary. And, and yeah, I knew she was running time. I wasn't sure if she was, she was down that quick. I hadn't in my time calling uh, at Pulai. I'd never seen anything get close to that uh, record of Segovia's of 32.99. So I was, I was a little bit surprised at the end when the time first flashed up at, to 32.9, but obviously that doesn't correct itself until the official number comes through. Mm. So uh, I was certainly hoping that she broke the record, but uh, nevertheless, she was just outside. But to do it on a on a winter's night in in July, it's a, a, a pretty remarkable effort. She's a she's a very good dog. My only concern with her is I'm I'm just not a hundred percent sure if, with her being so brilliant at the six hundred whether she'll get seven seven twenty. If she can, she's going to be a, a, a force in the staying races. And then uh, on the flip side, if she comes back to the five hundred, whether she's fast enough to go with those speed dogs. Uh, particularly early on in the race. So it's a bit of a conundrum, I suppose, for David Smith. But I guess on the flip side, she's a very, very good dog and she's going to win more races than she loses. Absolutely. Uh, staying with Bullye Saturday night with Ebby Infrared and Calamity Ethics winning, it would have uh, felt a bit like deja vu after they both won on Wednesday also, Matt. Absolutely. Ebby Infrared's just a, a dog you'd love to own, isn't he? He's, he's, Drifted he in betting again. Dog. What was that? Sorry, I missed drift, drift, Drifted in betting again. Yeah, it was it was a hot race, I must admit. I I thought he'd run well, but I was probably more keen good odds cash. I just thought she had the better draw there on Saturday night. But she was probably a half a step slow, and, and Emmy Infrared, he pinged out, found the front. And once he's in the lead, he's very, very tough to, to run down. And as I was saying, he's just a dog that you would love to, love to own. I think in his 98 starts, he's won 41 of them, but he's also been placed something crazy like 30 times. So in the top three, it's about 70 of your 98 starts. You'd love to have a greyhound like him. And, and Calamity Ethics, uh, she was excellent there midweek last week. And I thought she'd have the job ahead of her on Saturday night, but she was outstanding winning again. And yeah, the, the David Smith team is, is low flying at the moment. And they just, they just continue to win races. And, um, I might have to get involved in the, in the next litter, the, the, the ethics litter that come along, because they're all very, very good. Um, back to Ebby Infrared, AJ, as he's lovingly known. Uh, we spoke to Mick Ebrand last week or the week before, and he was saying about the ice creams, the treat on the way home, and there's a video out, and he annihilated about six soft-serve cones, AJ. So um, he knows what he has to do to get the ice creams, and he got well rewarded on Saturday night. Back to Friday, Jungle Juice's litter mate, Silent Enemy, was good as we're zipping Panama in the following race, uh, which looks like a greyhound will potentially appreciate further. Matt, what did you think about zipping Panama? Yeah, like you said, I think he'll be better when he gets over a little bit further than the the 500. I think he looks like a a greyhound. He's one of a number in that litter who I think are going to be very, very nice stayers in in six months or so. Um, Zipping Conway's one, I know he's showing a lot of really good pace at the 400. Uh, he was beaten on Saturday uh, Saturday night, I think it was, uh, at, at Bulleye. But uh, I think out of that litter, there's, there's Zipping Panama, a um, couple of the others that the, that have got Zipping prefixes just slipped on my, my mind at the time being. But I think it's going to be a nice staying litter in about six months' time. And he's certainly up there with the, with the best of them in that litter. He's a, he's a very, very nice greyhound in the making. And Thursday night at Dapto, of course, you jumped off drink long necks, and we know what 
happen next? Was there anything else out of the Thursday meeting that caught your eye? Yeah, it was always going to end one way, string long next, <laughs> as it always seems to do. Uh, the Wicked Spartan was very good. He had he had the right draw there Saturday, uh, Thursday night to to jump from that inside box. It, it looked a nice race for him. He still had to go out and do it, but he did it in terrific fashion. And I thought Boaz was really good over the sprint distance as well. He's a, a greyhound that had a nice record early on, just kind of went off his form a little bit, but bounced back there terrifically on Thursday night and. Uh, yeah, I think he he's going to be winning plenty of races this time in off the back of that performance. And Matt, just uh, there la- last, last Thursday. And Matt, just lastly, uh, good to see the Prince, handsome Prince, back for Peter and Jody Lagosiani and Shaquille Latimer uh, winning. I think that would have been the first time you've called him home to win. Might just be the confidence booster he needs. Yeah, absolutely. He was probably just a little bit down on form, like he'd run over the four hundred the week before and. Uh, must admit he was a, he was a little bit disappointing, but then on on Wednesday night there last week he he probably got the right race. If he if he didn't win there, I I think Pete Lagojani would have really been scratching his head. He didn't jump brilliantly, but the key was that he got that clear running and and he had a he had that brilliant acceleration that we know that he does have, and he quickly put them away. And the impressive part was he continued on up the straight. It could have been easy for him to to have just glided to the post having been out of form, but he really attacked the line. And uh, yeah, as you mentioned, the confidence builder that he needs. So hopefully he should be able to now string a few together. And as I was saying to someone there last week, it's it's probably not a super concern if he's not in form at the moment. If he can start to find his very best form, mm-hmm. it would be more of a concern if it was, say, six weeks' time leading into a million-dollar chase semi-final or something like that. But I guess now he's, Pete's got six weeks to get him... Uh, exactly right for that million dollar chase series and I'm sure I'm sure he'll be spot on come the, the semis and he'll be shooting for a, a back-to-back title which would be something uh, incredible early on in the million dollar chase. What a story uh, that would be to go back-to-back in a, in a million dollar chase. Matt that's all t- the time we have for going greyhands but thank you for, for coming on and, and sharing your thoughts on the week that was. Uh, beautiful thanks for having me. Matt Jackson coming on Going Greyhounds. Big thanks to Michael Lill and Chris Nutt as well. Gosford and Lismore tonight. Bulleye, Richmond and Tari tomorrow. Casino and Dapto on Thursday. Thanks for coming on the ride here on Going Greyhounds.